Oftentimes, we can get to a place of complacency in the church. We can be very comfortable where we are. But God has challenged us as believers in the body of Christ to step out of our comfort zone and expand his kingdom. This series is about submitting to God's will and vision for the church, being completely dedicated, heart and soul. What's up, Connection? How are you guys doing? Good morning. Y'all awake? Y'all still with me? Good, good, good. I know the hymn somber you guys down a little bit, but I'm here to jack you back up, so don't worry about it. Um, anyway, man, welcome. If this is your first time here we're so excited um, that you're here with us. And if you've been coming for a while, we're, we're so pumped that you're here um, as well. And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more jacked up about this message than I've ever been um, about any message I've ever done. And, and, and just the, the staff in the office can probably testify to this. I've been talking to them about it all week. So I'll pray for us and, and we'll go ahead um, and jump right in. Lord God, thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, just thank you for each and every person um, that's here with us. Um, and God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today, Lord, that, that we wouldn't hear um, this a message coming from a man or coming from me, but it would be a message coming from you through your word. Um, God, that we'd embrace that and not merely be listeners, God, but we'd be doers of your word. Um, and Lord, so I just pray this morning that you'd open our eyes up and, and you'd open our hearts um, to hear from you in a big way, God, that we wouldn't leave here the same. Um, God, that we would leave here to impact the community um, for your glory. Uh, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, cool. So we're carrying on. This is week three of our series, Heart and Soul. Um, and if you haven't been here, I'll set up Heart and Soul a little bit for you. But Heart and Soul, the idea uh, comes from uh, the book of Samuel. Um, and so you have this story of, of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Jonathan is just a leader of, of one of God's armies of the Israelites. Um, and so they go into this battle almost knowing that, you know, if the Lord doesn't intervene or if the Lord doesn't show in favor, that they're not going to win it. I mean, it's like 300 versus, you know, the masses. And they come in and, and Jonathan uh, hears from the Lord and he says to go do this and go uh, take this, this, this land. And he looks back at his armor bearer and his armor bearer looks at him and he, and he says, do everything that the Lord's told you to do, for I'm with you heart and soul. Um, and so heart and soul is what we call our members here at Connection Church. And we believe um, really membership and being involved in a church is so much more than just coming in and sitting on a Sunday or going to a small group or doing those things. We believe it's, it's, it's a group of people that are part of a movement that are, that are doing something for the kingdom of God. And so we are very pumped up about that. And I love this bumper video. And I don't know if you guys took notes on it. Um, most of the time I don't, but I just want to remind you of the, the list. When we think heart and soul, these are the, these are the things that we think about. So if you got a pen, I'd write these down and, and put them on your mirror, lipstick, whatever you got to do, put them, put them on the tablet of your heart. Um, and so listen to this. So the first thing is, is that we're united around one message, the gospel. And so when you think about this, think about our church. Um, and, and think about yourself, even make it personal. Is your life united around one message, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ? The second thing is we are bound by something greater than ourselves, the Holy Spirit. And the word bound actually means like that it has hold of us or it has control of us. And so, you know, when you think of a group of people, the awesome thing about the church is that when we know Jesus, we're bound together, right? We're, we're moving together in one direction because we have the same desires in us, that being the desires of Jesus Christ, um, because his, his word says that when we give our lives to the Lord, when we repent, when we turn from our sin and turn to God um, and believe in what Jesus has done for us um, to save us, he says that he's 
seals us with his Holy Spirit. And that, what that does is it takes a group of people who are completely different, coming from different backgrounds and completely different uh, just worlds and brings them together and unifies them under one purpose. Uh, and that is the Holy Spirit's job in doing that. And then the next thing is we're the sum total of our gifts. So the cool thing about this, this church and all these people uh, of you guys out there is that each of you have gifts. You know, some of you guys can sing. I can't sing personally. You'd probably thank me if I did, tried to sing. But here's the thing. Some of you guys can sing. Some of you guys uh, are gifted with people. Some of you guys are, are gifted at serving. Some of you guys make a lot of money. Your gift may be giving. Some of you guys, there's tons of different gifts that you bring to the table. And the thing about the church is what it does is it takes those gifts and brings them together and, and moves them forward in a way um, that honors God. And it's such a beautiful picture of the church. And then um, second to last is, is we're serving the same Lord, you know. And so you come in uh, to church and you see all these blue shirts everywhere, right? Or, or what are they, highlighter shirts in the parking lot, right? So you go up and that's so uh, you don't hit them, by the way. Um, they have been known to get in the way and people have been known to hit them. So uh, I'm completely kidding. But anyway, so, um, you know, but the thing is, is from the parking lot, we always have this saying from the parking lot all the way to the pulpit, we're preaching the same message, right? Everybody from the parking lot all the way to whoever gets up here and, and, and speaks from the word of God to you, man. Our, our one desire is that for people to come to know God and to, to send you guys back out to introduce people to Jesus um, in a big way. And, and the last one is, is kind of what we're, our focus is going to focus on today is we're moving with a common purpose. And that common purpose is to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. And that's our mission here at Connection Churches is to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. Um, and so everything that we do here at the church, that's what it's about. Um, and and it's, it's so funny because when I was a college student, probably four years ago, um, I, my first time that I ever came to Connection Church, I'd, you know, just became a believer not too, too long before that. And, and I was reading through the scriptures and, and, and I, I was reading about um, this person who is Jesus Christ. And, and I'd see scriptures like, you know, Jesus came to do something. He said he came to proclaim freedom to the captives and he came to uh, seek and save that which is lost. And, and I, I saw it and I was like, man, I really, I, I didn't know that. The, the portrait of Jesus that I had from growing up was really not the same one that I saw in scripture. And, and I came to Connection Church and I heard Brandon and I heard not only Brandon, but I met people and like their heart was the same as Jesus. And I was like, oh my God, like this is what it's supposed to be, you know? And so the awesome thing about um, Connection Church for me is man, like connecting unbelievers to God is not just something that Brandon made up or something that our church has made up, man. It's the heart of God. He says in Luke 19 that he came to seek and save that which is lost. And so how cool is it to be a part of a church that has the heart of God, right? That's such an awesome, awesome thing um, to be a part of. And, and the cool thing about that is, is that when we meet Christ, um, our heart becomes Christ's heart, right? And so um, if you'll think with me a little bit, like it, it's so funny because God kind of sets this up, you know, like he's a genius or something. He is the God of the universe, right? So it, it's really funny because God teaches in his word that um, when we confess our sin and when we recognize that, that, that we have sinned and, and been separated from God, our sin separates us from God. And when we um, see that we've been separated from the very thing we were created to be in a relationship with, God says that 
um, he, he, he gives us the opportunity through Jesus to be reconciled back to that which we were created to do, which is a relationship with God. And when we do that, he says he sends something to us. He said he seals us with his Holy Spirit, right? And so if you've been in church at all very long, God, you know, we believe God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so three distinct persons, yet one God, and they all have the same desires. And so the cool thing about is when we repent and put our faith in Christ, the Lord gives us this Holy Spirit. He says he sends this Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And what that does is it brings the desires of Christ within us, right? And so no longer is, is Christianity a list of rules and, and a list of do these and don't do these. It now becomes the desire of our heart to follow the person of Jesus Christ. And it's such a genius plan because who in the heck wants to follow a bunch of rules, right, that you don't want to do? Um, and I know this because I did it for almost three years of my life until I finally said, Lord, I need you to change me. Because if it's about following rules, guess what? We can, we can do it on our own, right? We don't need Christ, right? Um, and so we see that. But the cool thing is, and, and the thing that I love, um, is that when we know Christ, our heart begins to reflect it by our actions. And so Jesus teaches that the overflow of our heart leads to our actions. And so my kind of challenge for you guys today and what I want to look at today is that, man, is your heart the heart of Jesus and the heart of God? Um, and the way I want to set this up is, is I want to kind of, I'm a very visual learner. Um, and so I, I like to set things up visually. And so I want you guys to imagine with me that I have a panel um, discussion going on and I have four chairs behind me and I'm the mediator. Um, and in these four chairs, I have four um, Bible people, um, people, Christians from the early church, some fishermen, uh, some God, some other thing. So I have Paul and I have Peter and then I have Luke and I have Jesus, right? So I got four people. All right. Does that make sense? And, and I want you to see if, if not just me telling you what the heart of God is, but I want you to hear from them. And, and if I had them behind me and I said, this is funny, Peter, <laughs> Paul, Peter, Luke, and Jesus, what is your heart? for these people, right? And that's how I always try to imagine my messages. I always try to come up here and say, man, what, what, what would Jesus say um, to a group of people? What would Jesus say to these people? Lord, give me that, give me that words to say. And so if you can imagine when you got your Bible, turn to seven, second Corinthians chapter five, and we'll start in verse uh, 17. So we're in our panel discussion. Um, and we're asking these people, man, what is, what is the heart of believers? What is your heart for your church? What is the purpose of the church? And I believe Paul would answer like this. He'd say, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. He'd say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, talking to us, who, who believers who are in Christ, he says, you are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And he says, all this is from God, who through Christ has reconciled you or us to himself. And he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is Christ. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ and God's making his appeal through us. And so we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Right. And so Paul says, this is what happens. He says, when you become a new creation, so when you, 
you turn from your sin, turn from your ways and turn to God. He says, God's going to make you a new creation. He's going to send his spirit. He's going to give you a new heart. And, and this is what he's going, he's going to give you a purpose. And the purpose, which is the purpose of Jesus, who's now living inside of you, is to be a minister of reconciliation, right? And so it's this idea of, of reconciling people who don't know God to God, right? And, and so it's such a beautiful picture of, of who we are. And he says, and this is the purpose of the church. And the church is just a group of people. So we can make it personal and say, this is the purpose for my life. And so we'd say, Paul, man, that is an awesome articulation of what our purpose is, right? And then we'd bounce over and we'd go to Peter and be like, Peter, what do you think, dude? What, what, what do you think um, our purpose is? And so we'd bounce over to First Peter and Peter would probably crack a joke and he'd be like, have you read my book? Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all got to laugh with me. Y'all are killing me. Um, anyway, so we'd bounce to First Peter chapter 2. Uh, and he'd say, he'd say, let's look at verse 9. Um, and he'd say, this is who you are. You're the church. This is who you are. He says, but you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people for his own possession, a people for my own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And listen to him. He says, once you were not a people, so once you didn't belong to anybody, but now you're God's people and you're a part of something. You're a part of the church. And he says, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so he says, now that we've received this mercy, so now that we are believers and are Christians, he says that we have a purpose. And that purpose is to go out and proclaim the excellencies of him who what? Called us out of darkness and into the marvelous light. And the, the awesome thing about um, us as a group is that we've all been in darkness before. We've all walked away from God. We've all rebelled against God in our own ways. For some of us, it's looked different than others. Um, for some of us, it's been more noticeable than others. But we've all chosen our own way at some point. But the cool thing is, is that when we come to God, when we meet Jesus, he calls us out of that and he calls us into his light. And he says, I got you. And here, now I'm going to give you a purpose. And, 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 and the cool thing is evidence that we've truly met Jesus is the purpose of our life, you know? And so instead of almost starting with the heart change, what I want to do for you guys um, is I want you to start on the outside and say, okay, is the purpose of my life um, the same thing as the purpose of these believers' lives in Scripture? Is it to proclaim the excellencies of him who called me? Is it to proclaim Jesus to the world? And if it's not, let's backtrack and go back into have I truly, have I truly been reconciled to God? Has God truly, do I have the desires of Jesus within me? Um, and so that would be Peter's articulation. And we'd be like, Peter, that's pretty good, but I think Luke can do better. And so Luke, being a doctor, of course, he's confident. And of course, he um, is very articulate. So he's going to turn to the book of Acts. And you're going to say, Peter, man, what is the purpose? Or you're going to say, Luke, man, what's the purpose of our life? What's the purpose of us as a church? Um, and he's going to be like, man, turn to Acts 1. He's going to be like, this is what Jesus told me um, and when he came, came along. Um, and turn, turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so he'd be like, man, I've, you know, I've talked to these people who followed Jesus around. And these are the same people that saw him crucified and saw him die and saw him come back to life. Well, I don't know about you guys. I've never seen somebody die and come back to life. But if they died and came back to life, I'd probably listen to them, right? 
I mean, at least something. I'd be like, dude, this guy, you know what I mean? And so you'd probably listen to what he has to say. And so when, when Jesus comes back and he, he, he sees his disciples, here's what he tells them. He comes back and he tells them this. Starting in verse 8, he says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the cool thing is we see that happen through the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the whole articulation of people uh, applying this to their life and people taking it for what it is and going forth and being his witnesses in the areas around them. And so when he says Judea, Judea is just where they're at now. So Judea would be Statesboro. It would be the high school auditorium. So we're going to be his witnesses here. And then we're going to go out to Samaria, which is the surrounding towns. And then he says, we're going to the ends of the earth. And so he's basically saying everywhere that we go, we're going to be witnesses for this person uh, of Jesus Christ. And the funny thing is, is what does he say we're going to be empowered by? The Holy Spirit, right? And so the cool thing is, is that when we meet Christ, he gives us this Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit comes with the power and the purpose to say, man, your purpose for your life is to be a witness. Um, and so, man, I want you guys to begin to ask your questions to yourself and say, is this my purpose? And, and if Jesus means what I say he means to me, if he is who he says he is and he has lordship and control of my life, then am I embracing the mission that he's given me? And, and if I ain't, if, I, if I'm not doing that, then maybe I need to go back and do I truly know him and do I truly walk with him? Um, and so, and then we'd, we'd do the kicker and Jesus would probably kick them off the stage and he'd be like, all right, listen up. Um, and this is the one that you guys will probably be most familiar with and turn to Matthew chapter 28. And so this is what Jesus would say. And this is coming directly from Jesus's mouth. And, and this is the same Jesus that went up on that cross. He died and he was buried for three days and, and we had all given up on him and, and it said, man, this dude would have been cool if he was really the Christ that he claimed to be. And then three days later, he comes back and he says, hey, I'm here. I'm Jesus. And he came back and he said, I'm the Lord. I told you I was going to raise again in three days. And he'd come in and he'd say, listen, here's what I need you to do. I'm going up to the Father and I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. For the people who believe, I'm going to send you the Spirit. And here's what, it's going to put you on a mission. It's going to put you on a purpose. And here's what he'd say. He'd say, start in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And so they were gathered up. Um, And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And who would doubt a dude who died and rose again? I have no clue. But anyway, and Jesus came and said to them, "Here's, here's what he said. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he's obviously, dude, you just rose from the grave. That, that would be my smart aleck remark too. I probably wouldn't say a word. But anyway, he says, all authority has been given to me. He says, everything, the power of death, the power of, I'm in control, everything. I have all authority. And he says, because I have that, here's what I want you to do. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And so this is known as the great commission. And this is the purpose for which we have in our lives. If we know Jesus, there's no question. Like if, if we've met Jesus and we're walking with Jesus, this is the purpose for our life. And the thing that we have to see is that this is God's heart for us. It's not just God's heart for, for Brandon or for me or for Um, Peter and John and everybody else in scripture, man, it's his purpose for you. And I would even say, if you know God, 
he has put in a desire on your heart to embrace this purpose. And, you know, and I use this in the first service as, as an example of like, if, if we had the cure for cancer and, and we saw people around us who had cancer, wouldn't we want to give it to them? Absolutely, we want to give it to them, you know? And so if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that we have been separated from God and that Jesus is the way to get back to the God that we're created to be in a relationship with and fullness of life for us is found here. It's not found in chasing the world and chasing all these different things that we're chasing after, but it's found in Jesus and he's brought you hope and he's rescued you and, and he's rescued you from your life, then wouldn't we want other people to know, right? When we love something, we want other people to know about it, right? And I don't know about you guys. Anybody a fan of Shane's Rib Shack in here? There we go. All right, here we go. And, and so if you've not had Shane's Rib Shack's Buff Q Chicken Fingers, you don't really know what love is. I'm, I'm serious. No, I'm just kidding. And so, but literally, when I found these Buff Q Chicken Fingers, guess what I did? I told everybody that I possibly knew, dude, you need to go to Shane's and you need to taste these Buff Q Chicken Fingers. And, and so it's the same thing. And, and like I look at, you know, my parents, my sister just had her first baby. And so it's the first grandson, you know, or the granddaughter, sorry. Um, <laughs> and they're actually here. I'm sorry, Laurel. Um, and so, um, and, and we just had our, our, our my first niece. And, and so Danny Lynn's her name. And so she's precious. And, um, and, and so, but you didn't, I didn't have to twist my mom's arm to talk about Danny Lynn. Like literally she started preparing year. I mean, like soon as she found out, I mean, Danny Lynn had a room, bed, everything you could possibly have. And so it's this idea, man, when we love something, we talk about it and we want people to know about it. And so I want us to see if we love Jesus and we are who we say we are as believers, then we must talk about him. It's only a direct influence that we do that. Um, and so, uh, all, all the staff is probably like going crazy because this week, man, I've been more jacked up about this message than I think any message I have that I've ever spoken because I, I realized that the, the impact that this group of people, if this group of people in, just, just took hold and embraced the mission of God, the impact that we could have in this community would be absolutely crazy. I mean, and I don't think you understand. So I'm actually going to show you some stuff so that you can Understand, And so I want to show you guys some numbers. If you're not a math person, then bear with me. Uh, but I think this will really, really speak to you in a lot of ways. So what would happen if we embraced this purpose, the purpose of God, the purpose of God that we just heard to go out and make disciples? Statesboro um, has 29,779 people in it. That's the population of Statesboro um, from most places. Bullock County, which is Statesboro's within Bullock County, Bullock County has 72,694 people in it, including the people that are in Statesboro. And then not only that, we're blessed to have Georgia Southern University right in our midst who brings about 20,572 kids or college students or, or men and women onto into Bullock County. And so if you combine that, that, that reaches a total of 93,266 people. And so that's the total amount of people. And God has put us right in the middle of this, right? And so each and every one of us exists and, and we live right in the middle of this huge influx of people. Not only that, guess what's in the top 50 fastest growing counties in the, in the country? Bullitt County. Guess what's the, top, the fifth fastest growing county in the state? Bullitt County, right? 
And so you see this idea. No, I mean, y'all wonder why all these apartments are popping up and all these, you know, cookout and everything else. Because, man, God is, is straight bringing people, right? He's, he's bringing people into this place. And what I want us to see is that if we'll embrace this mission of God, we can have an impact that, that I'm telling you, it, it will be absolutely crazy to see that. And so the way I, I want to present this is all right, if we take the people that come in here on a Sunday morning, that's, we have an average attendance on Sunday of 1138, so 1,138 people. If, if every one of those people went out of this room and just reached one person, one person per semester, so one person this semester, one person next semester, and, and, and train that person to, to walk with the Lord, to know God, to be reconciled back to the Father, which is their joy and their fullness of life is found there, and, and train them to go back out and do the same thing. In three years, we reach the 65,287 people that Bullitt County holds. Three years. Just us. And so I'm just so crazy enough to believe that that's what God wants to use us to do. And that's why God has done what he's done here is to empower us to go out into the world and influence those that are around us and, and, and tell them about Jesus and bring them to Christ. And I think that's such a huge thing. But here's the thing I know. I'm, I'm optimistically, uh, what was the word Brandon used? Optimistically, not optimistic. He said something else, but it's, it's that word. Optimistically cautious. Or, or, and, and so here's the thing I know that we've, we've, told you guys week in, week out, hey, you need to be in a connect group. You need to serve. You need to be in a connect group. You need to serve. This is part of your growth in the Lord. This is part of your growth in the Lord. And as of right now, we have 546 people in connect groups. So I realize not every person in here is going to listen to what I say. And I'm, so I'm optimistic, but I'm optimistically cautious. But I just wanted you to know if you did, and if you, you, you took on the mission of God, what could happen? And so I'm just going to speak to my connect group people right now. And so if, if you're in a connect group and you're one of the 546 people, listen to what we can do over that time. We, 546 people, if you reach one person this semester, train them up to go back out and, and teach them what it means to follow God, build a relationship with them, become friends with them, and send them back out. In three and a half years, guess what we reach? Bullet County. Is that not crazy? And so I know y'all hear my term. I get picked on all the time because I, I, let's see, I'm, I'm voca- my vocabulary is not great. Let's just say that. Some people would say you're illiterate, but I would say I just have words that I like to use that, that proclaim adjectives that are very powerful. So I use words like crush or smash or pumped or jacked, all these words that I love to use. And, and the, I, I would really refer to it as a skill. Because I can really throw, I can throw these, these words into a sentence and, and make them make sense in pretty much any sentence I want them to make sense in. And, and, and not that you can understand what I'm saying, but I understand what I'm saying. So I would call it a skill. Um, and so, but no, man, my purpose here, man, the reason for me showing you these numbers is I want you guys to be jacked up with what God can do with us. And I want you to be so pumped when you leave here to know that, man, we can be a part of something that, that could be absolutely flip this community upside down. And I'll tell you what, what, what will happen if we embrace the mission of God in our, and, and, and we embrace his mission and what he's called us to do is we will flip a community upside down. And, and man, I want to be a part of, of something like that. And, and so my first goal is to jack you guys over. Y'all jacked up yet? 
Y'all pumped up? All right, here we go. All right, so there's my first goal. The 9 a.m. service, not really on the same page as I am, but you guys are on the same page as I am, right? All right, so there's a little more energy in here. And so now that we know the impact that we can have, how in the world do we do this, right? So how do we practically go about doing this? Um, And so I'll tell you, if you guys will each look up under your seat, I put a bullhorn up under there for you guys to go. I'm completely kidding. That is hilarious. That guy's from you guys. Um, And so (laughs) we're not going out with bullhorns. That's not what I'm talking about. So if you have a pen, um, here's what I want you to write down. If you don't write down anything else I say this whole time, please write this down. Lipstick on your mom's arm, whatever you got to do, write it down. Um, So how do we do this? How do we embrace the mission of God? How do we do this um, in our every... And, and so how do, we, how do we make this impact? Here's how we do it. We embrace the mission of God in our everyday lives. So it's nothing huge. It's just, I'm telling you, if we will apply this one thing, we will flip a community upside down. And I promise you of that. And so we embrace the mission of God in our everyday lives. And I want to show you this in scripture. And I, and I want to show you something that God kind of opened my eyes up to this week as I was reading his scripture uh, the, the, the verse in, in Matthew 28, the great commission that God's given us each to do as believers is he, he tells us all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, or in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And so I'm going to take you guys back to fourth grade English class, but there's an imperative in this sentence. And the imperative is basically the action verb. It's the main focus that God wants us to do. And that imperative in this, in this verse is make disciples. So the main focus of this is that we would go and make disciples, but then God gives us some participles, which are just verbs that kind of support that, that main point of this sentence that can help us. And those are what I want to look at today. And so those participles are go, baptize, and teach. And so those are the things that he gives us. And I want to focus just on one today. I want to focus on the going part because we actually have a class, if you've not been to it, our foundations class that really focuses on the idea of teaching and and the idea of what baptism is in, in a lot of ways. And it really equips you to be able to go out and make a disciple. But I want to focus today, um, and, and those are on Sunday morning. So if you haven't done that, I would really encourage you. Um, that is an awesome opportunity to do that. Um, and so when you look at that word go, I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, okay, go. Do I just need to start a line and form and let's walk out of the church? And then I began to look at that original word in the, in the Greek language is used in other places in scripture. And it's used in these, these words. It says, as you go or while you are going. And so I thought, how cool is it that God, you know, we could almost in, implement that into that word go and say, God wants us to make disciples as we go. And while we are going. And so what does he mean by that? He means that every person in here does something. You got, if I asked you the question, hey man, why have you, uh, like what, what's kind of hindering you from, from, from embracing the mission of God, from like making disciples and doing that? And you'd be like, man, I am busy, man. Let, let me tell you my schedule. I'm doing this, that, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and that's probably your answer to me. But I would say God wants us to embrace his mission in our busyness. And so he doesn't want us to change everything that we're doing. It's not, hey, you follow Jesus, you can't have a job, right? Like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to leverage your job for the kingdom of God. And I want you to use your job to build relationships with people that then you can teach the joy that they have not found yet. 
And so what does this look like? It looks like us embracing the mission of God in our everyday lives. And, and it looks like each of you going out into your sphere of influence, wherever that is. If, it, if it's you're a college student, it's in your classes. Are you using your classes to build relationships with people? It's your job, the people that you come into contact with. Are you building relationships and loving on them and and creating a relationship that when you talk and tell them something, that they actually listen to what you have to say, right? The reason we don't go out with bullhorns is if, if, you know, if somebody's yelling at me with a bullhorn, like, I don't know that person, right? Why would I listen to somebody that I don't know, right? You know, it, it makes sense that God has instituted this idea of building relationships because it's, it's like the old saying, nobody cares what you have to say until they know that you what? Care, right? And so we embrace that idea. And so practically, I want to talk about today, and I want to do it in four things. How do we embrace the mission of God in our everyday lives? And I think this can help us as we try to actively live this out. Because here's the thing that I can tell you, just trying to embrace the mission of God in, in an everyday life, man, is... I don't know about you guys, but I am easily distracted. Is anybody just easily distracted in, in, in life? And you always, you know, in your relationship with God, you just get distracted and you're like, God, I'm distracted again. What am I doing? What am I doing? And I want you to know, man, that's okay. You know, and I think we can do some things that can help us not be distracted in our relationship with God. Because I can tell you this, if we're focused on the Lord, the mission of God is there. I promise you, as you focus on God, there's no way you can focus on God and not be on mission. Does that make sense? So like that's nowhere separated in scripture. Like it's not, hey, these people were focusing on God, but they weren't talking to anybody about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the way I grew up, like that was okay because all being a Christian was, was, hey, you just come to church on Sunday and you go to this. Like you don't have to, it doesn't overflow into any other area of your life, right? And so Brandon used an example a couple weeks ago of a Chester drawer. And I thought it was genius to think about. Like if we think about our lives as a Chester drawer with four with four drawers that are coming out of it. Um, and we think about, okay, one drawer is, is our relationships, our friendships, our relationship with our wife. One drawer is our hobbies. And so what we like to do on the side, one drawer is our workplace. And so what we do, our job, our occupation. And then one drawer is, is, is our church or Jesus. Um, and so what we like to do and what I like to do and what I find myself doing a ton is I'll separate those things. So I'm one person um, when, when I'm, you know, when I'm in my relationships with different people, like I'm, I'm almost like a chameleon in some relationships, you know, I'm, I'm this guy, I'm, I'm the guy that loves Jesus. But in others, I find myself being not so much the Jesus lover, but the cool guy or trying to, you know, do something like that. And then at my workplace, most of the time I'm like, okay, well, Jesus is over here, but you know, then, you know, work is something different, you know? And, and then I go to my, you know, hobbies or whatever. And when I'm on the golf course with some of my buddies, maybe I'm not I'm not who I am at church, right? And so instead of letting Jesus overflow into every area of our life and be central, you know, and, and, and it looks different when we compartmentalize rather than allowing Jesus to be the dresser and overflow into every area of our lives. And that's what God is calling us to do. He wants us to leverage our everyday lives for his kingdom. And the thing about it is, is when we know God, we do that, right? Naturally. And we do that because God's given us his heart and his heart is what? To seek and save that which is lost. And that's what scripture tells us. And so how do we do this? Four things. Here we go. Number one, the first thing we have to do to embrace the mission of God in our everyday lives is one, we have to know Jesus, right? So we have to know Jesus, focus on knowing Christ. And so the scripture in in Matthew 28 says, go therefore and make disciples. Well, a disciple is just a student or a follower or somebody who's a, 
a student of someone. In this case, it's a student of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. So in order to teach somebody to follow Jesus, what do we have to be doing? Following Jesus. There you go. So we see this idea of man, like God, God wants us to, to, to be, it's, it's know Jesus and then make disciples. Like they overflow with one another. So as we go about knowing and seeking Jesus, he, he, he gives us a heart to go about and tell other people about this, man. And I could tell you this, I want to change your mindset of what it looks like to, to, to be a Christian, because I feel like just in our culture and what we've grown up in, and I would say most of you guys can relate to me here, um, is we have this idea of what it means to be a Christian is me coming and cleaning myself up. Right. And so it's this idea of, of, okay. Uh, you know, I know if I, if, if I proclaim that I'm a Christian, you know, my mom taught me to do this and not do this, or my dad taught me to do this and not do this. I heard the preacher say, don't do these things and do these things. Um, and so our view of what it means to be a Christian is a list of rules, right? So it's a list of do's and don'ts. And so it's, if I'm a believer, I can't have sex with my girlfriend before marriage, right? And so we've heard that. If I'm a believer, I can't steal. If I'm a believer, I can't talk bad about people. Um, you know, all these different things. And so we create these rules. And then if that's our personality, then guess what we do to the idea of making disciples? Oh, that's just another rule. I need to throw it down here, right? But here's what I'm saying. God is not worried about you following another rule. God is worried about you, your heart being transformed into his heart, right? Because our, our actions are just an overflow of our heart. So if, if God can get to our hearts, then, then he can get us. And, and then now every part of our life becomes about making disciples. And then how do we, you know, what does this dresser look like when our heart belongs to Christ is Jesus overflows into every area of our life because he's the most important thing to us. And, and that's what I see in scripture. And that's what I see um, happening in this. And so it's really amazing what God can do with you um, when your goal is to know Jesus um, and just your, your everyday goal is to get up. I just want to know Jesus more. It, it really is amazing um, what he can do with you. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was sitting in a coffee shop on Mondays. I work from Augusta because my wife lives down there and she's in uh, physical therapy school at medical college of Georgia um, now known as Gru. Um, and so and so I was sitting down there in a coffee shop and, and I was getting ready to start my work. It was, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or, or whatever. And so I get there and I'm sitting down and I'm having a coffee and having a bagel about to pull out my computer. I got my Bible out just reading. Um, and I come in and, and I'm sitting there with coffee and bagel. The dude that made the bagel kind of walked by me. I was like, man, this bagel's phenomenal. You know, I love bagel with peanut butter. Y'all gonna think I'm a glutton up here, aren't you? Um, and so you see this idea of, of, man, you know, he came by and I was just, man, just being myself. I was just, you know, like, man, this bagel is phenomenal. Like nobody carries peanut butter and you do. So you are awesome. And so he walks by and that's all I say, man, the bagel is awesome. So he walks by, he comes back by and I'm sitting there, I'm reading my Bible. Um, and he's like, what you doing there, man? You doing an exegesis? I was like, exegesis. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to know what that means. Exegesis. Like Googling on my phone down here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm just studying scripture. And then I Googled it on my phone and guess what exegesis is? Just studying in depth in scripture. So um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I was playing, right? Um, and so, you know, I'm sitting there and this guy, he's like, you know, and I was like, no, nah, man, just, you know, studying scripture a little bit. And then, you know, I'm a pastor in, in Statesboro, you know, I work with small groups and just got to go in and kind of tell him a little bit about my story. And, and his, he comes back and he's like, man, you know, I was a part of a small group. I just moved here from Minnesota not too long ago, and I've, I've really not found anybody to plug in with or found anybody, you know, that, that's helping me in my relationship with God. Um, you know, uh, do you come here a lot? And I was like, yeah, man, I come here almost every Monday, especially if you want to know about Jesus, I'll be here every week, you know. And, and so 
Um, and so, man, I created that relationship. But I, I say all that to say it all started with me just going and being who I am. Like when you seek to know God, things just start happening. God gives you opportunities that you don't have. And so it's not like, hey, here's your bullhorn. Let's start a march out here. It's, hey, seek to know God and watch God overflow the things in your life to, to be the ways of his heart and see that. And so the first thing, man, is we got to know God. The second thing is we need to embrace his mission, right? And so we have to actively think about it. Like I said, man, it, it is so easy to get distracted from, from God's purpose and what he's called us to be here to do. We can get wrapped up in so much of the busyness of life and, and all these different things. And so every day when we wake up, part of spending time with the Lord is to refocus us back on, on his mission and his purpose for our lives um, in a lot of ways. And so we have to embrace the great commission because we know it's what Jesus put us here for. So the purpose of, of not just my life, Brandon's life, all of my panel's life back here, and, and it's not just their purpose, it's your purpose. It's every believer's purpose of, of God because listen, if you're a believer in Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit, you have the desires of Christ, the desire of Christ is to what? Seek and save that which is lost, right? And the way he's commanded us to do it is to go out and make disciples. And so it, it, it's so funny because we separate these two. So to know Christ is not to be on a mission a lot. That like our thought process is, you know, if I know Christ, I, I'm cool with just knowing Christ, coming to church, going to my small group, doing some good things every now and then. Um, you know, and so it, it's more of something we do and not who we are. But Christ wants it to be who we are, and he wants it to overflow into area, every area of our life. And so it's funny because you look at conversions in Scripture, and, and you, 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 nowhere in it do you see somebody meet Jesus and not talk about him, right? So we see Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts 9. He has this experience with God. He gets saved, and it says immediately he started proclaiming the name of Jesus, right? And then we turn back to like John 4, and we see the woman at the well. She comes. She meets Jesus. Guess what she does? She goes back to the city, tells everybody, and brings them to Jesus, right? And then it says many got saved because of her testimony. And so we see there's no separation. To know God is to be on mission with God. And so we have to embrace that. And so in order to embrace that, I want us to ask ourselves a couple questions to, to know whether we're embracing that or not. Um, and, and the first one is, like, ask yourself these questions and be honest. Are you building relationships with people in your sphere of influence, at your workplace, in the people that you encounter with, are you building relationships with those people? So are you building relationships with people who you know do not know Christ? So, you know, if your son or daughter, they play sports, you go, um, you go to the sports field. Like we have to begin to think about the idea that God, okay, maybe God is a genius and maybe he does have me on this sports team so that I can influence somebody on this thing. You know, or, or maybe, you know, God does have me in this specific class so that I can sit beside this specific person and, and tell them about Jesus. So maybe God is in control of things, right? And, and so we begin to think differently and we begin to think like that. And so, we, so the question for you is, do you ask yourself, are you building relationships with those people that are around you and, and, and that you know do not know Christ? The second thing is, how is your prayer life changing? You know, and, and somebody asked me this and it really hit me in the mouth, but, um, so I'll share it with you. Um, if every prayer that you prayed last week was answered this week, how many new believers would be in the kingdom of God? And so like, think about it when we love something and when we're building relationships and when we care about people, we pray for them, we want them to know Christ. 
And so are we doing this? Is this a part of my life? And I'm speaking to me just as much as I'm speaking to you. I don't want you to think I'm sitting here yelling at you because this is for me. We need to embrace this together as a church and, and watch what the Lord can do with us. And, and just another thing that you could think about, if, if I came up and asked you, hey, um, hey, l- let's go get some dinner. You got any friends that you're really trying to reach out to right now? Um, could you open your phone and text two or three non-believers and say, hey, um, hey, can we go grab some dinner? And they wouldn't look at you like, what? Who's this person? You know, I hadn't talked to them in forever. Like, would they actually be like, oh yeah, of course. You know, w- is that a part of what you're doing? Are you building relationships in that? Um, so we have, number one, we have to know Jesus. Number two, we have to embrace his mission. Number three, we have to believe that he can use me. Like, believe that he can use you. Like, yes, you. Like, every person in here can be used by God. And I want to prove this to you. If, you don't have to turn here, but Acts chapter 4 is, is such an encouraging scripture to, to, to look at when you think about this. Um, so Jesus didn't really call the, 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 the let's see, Albert Pujols and the Josh Hamiltons and the, um, the, the, the MVPs of the day when he came. He called fishermen, tax collectors, you know, kind of the low, not the low of the low, but just the ordinary normal people like we are. And so here's what people had to say about these ordinary people. In verse 13, he says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that these two had been with Jesus. These people had been with Jesus. And so if you look at those words, uneducated and common men, this is going to be funny for you guys, um, that uneducated comes from the word ignoranus. And common comes from the word idiotes. So let's just make this out. What do we get from ignoranus? Ignorant. What do we get from idiotes? Idiots, right? And so we're at least ignorant idiots, right? So God wants to use us, man, and, and he'll use anybody. And so, man, what I want you to see is that don't overcomplicate it. God has the thing rigged, right? He starts off the Great Commission and he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to who? Me, right? And so who's in control of whether people get saved or not? Jesus is, right? So he's got it rigged. And so it just may happen that Ephesians 2.10 may be true, that God has created us in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand. And so the problem is we don't know what are these, these good works are that he's prepared for us. And so we'll only see them if we're following Jesus. And so what I would say is, man, live for Jesus and watch God provide opportunities for, for you to be with people. Start building relationships with those people to your right and to your left. Start building relationships with, with, with parents. Invite them to dinner, uh, the people that play on your ball team. Uh, like whatever you got to do in what you're doing, embrace the mission of God. That's what he wants us to do. That's what he's calling us to do. That's how God is going to use. He will use us. He's faithful to absolutely explode his kingdom in Statesboro, Georgia. And I want to see that happen. And and we have to do that. And so don't overcomplicate it. Just focus, build relationships, earn trust with people. So it's it's not about, hey, on Tuesday, let's meet and go out and, and randomly share the gospel with people. Hey, why don't you try building relationships with the, imp, with, the, with the relationships that God's putting around you. And then they'll actually listen to you when you talk about them and show them the gospel. And so let's focus on building relationships, loving people, earning trust, and showing and sharing them the gospel through our relationship with that person. And so, man, in, in, invest in people. 
Love God, love people, right? God says that. When you, when you love him, you naturally overflow into loving people because you realize what he's done for you is the same thing that he needs to do for, for these people. And, and now it's not that you have anything special. It's just you know the person who's, done, who's reconciled you, right? And so we want people to know that. And so number one, we got to know Jesus. Number two, we got to embrace his mission. And number three, we got to believe that he can use us. And number four, we have to walk in community. Um, and, and so that's the awesome thing uh, about it, man, is, is nobody, I promise you, when you embrace the mission of God, that it's going to be frustrating at times. You know, you're going to build relationships with people and they're going to make wrong decisions as do you make wrong decisions. And you're going to be like, man, I, I, I can't believe, I, I don't, why are they doing what they're doing? But here's the thing. I firmly believe that's why God says in Matthew 28, he says, he ends it by saying, and lo, behold, I'll be with you what? always to the end of the age because he knows he knows it's going to be frustrating but he hadn't only put that he's put a community around us and um one of the things i love doing is is my my tuesday night college connect group actually helped me with this message in, in a lot of ways they don't know it but thank you um and so i i asked them a question tuesday and it was it was so cool um because the question i asked them was what what is a group of believers what does a group of men look like that embraces the purpose of christ that embraces connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other. What does a group of people look like um, that does that? And so they answered, and they did some great, great answering. Like they're investing, they're building relationships with those around them. They're doing all these things. And I said, okay, let's go another length and say, okay, well, what, what does it look like when those people who are embracing the mission of God come together? And, and what kind of things do they talk about with one another, right? So if they're embracing the mission of God outside the walls of the connect group, and they come back in, what kind of things are they talking about when they get back together? And they were like, you know, and, and their answer was, man, they're, they're praying for each other. They're, they know who each other are trying to reach out to, and they're all praying for the, those people. And so when they bring them in the connect group and, and they're like, oh, this is John. They're like, oh, man, we've been praying for John for, you know. And so you see this idea of, man, one, they're on a mission together. It's not just you in it. You're in it with a family. You're in it with a group of people that, that, that are doing something. And two, you know, they said the next thing is, is we, we, we know our distractions. So we know what each other gets distracted on or we know what hinders us from being about the mission of God. And we pray for one another in that and we hold each other accountable in doing that. And so, man, that's why we get up here every week and we say, you need to be in a connect group. You need to be in a connect group. You need to be in a connect group because you need to be around people who can encourage you and who are alongside of you in a mission with you. And, and because I can promise you, it's going to get frustrating and you need people who can, who can say, man, I'm in the same boat. I've been talking to this guy or this girl forever and ah, I just don't see anything happening. And then you got Joe Bob over here. He's like, dude, took me six months. It took me six months, but I'm telling you something's happening. This dude's changing. I don't know what it is. Something's happening. I didn't even say anything. He's just changing. I don't know what's going on, you know? And so you hear him and you're like, man, I got some hope, right? Thank you, Joe Bob. And, and no, you see this idea of like, man, we need people that can encourage us and, and show us that, man, God's got us and he's, he's, he's got us and it's in his timing and he has control. And that's what connect groups are for. And, and I'll close with this. And I'll, I want you guys to just think about it. Are you embracing this mission of God in your life? Can you actively say, man, I'm building relationships with people around me. Like I'm, I'm doing this. And then if, if I'm not doing that, can we take it a level back and say, man, maybe, maybe I've been, maybe I've been falling into, I've, I've been settling with this idea of religion. Like I've just been trying to, to live 
to live good for Jesus. No, it's, it's God needs to transform my heart. And maybe there's people in here today who, who they know, man I've, been, man, I've been trying to do what people tell me to do. You know, I've never come to Jesus. I've been trying to do all this on my own. And I, and I, just, I need Christ to come and change my life. I need him to give me his desires. I need him to help me in this. And like I said, man, that was for three years. I did that, man. And I wish somebody would have told me that, man, hey, Jesus wants to walk with you. He's not up there saying, oh, he does that good. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. He does this. He wants to say, come to me. Let me clean you up. Don't clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. And so, man, if that's you this morning, we want to celebrate. You need to be saved into a family. That's what a connect group is about, right? That's what this group of people is about. These are your family now, right? You see Jesus in his gospels. One of the things he says is he says, hey, your mom and dad's outside for you, right? He's, he's in this, this room and, and they come and they're like, hey, your mom and dad's out here for you. And he says, my mom, dad, and brothers are people who are doing the will of God, right? And so, man, that's the picture. When we give our lives to the Lord, we are saved into a family, into a community that can help us walk with the Lord. And so if that's you today, man, I want you to be bold. I want, I want you to, to make a proclamation. And we're going to have some people over, over by these doors um, that, that want to help you. They want to pray for you. They want to give you um, some information and, and, and a Bible and some other things to help you take your next steps in that. And, and so if that's you today, man, I'm going to ask you to be bold. We, we do things pretty bold around here. But man, if that's you, would you stand up so we can celebrate with you? ask you guys to come over and pray. This is Jordan and Matt's going to help you guys too. Um, well, you, they want to pray for you and get you some information that'll help you um, do that. And man, for, for the rest of you guys, man, are we embracing the mission of God? Are we moving forward? Are we actively building relationships? When's the last time I prayed for, for somebody to, to be saved, right? When's the last time that happened? Are we embracing that? Because I can tell you, man, God will flip this community upside down for his name. One person, one person per semester, three years, 67,000 people. Can you imagine that? That is crazy. And I just am crazy enough to believe that God has put Connection Church, us here in the fat, one of the fastest growing city counties in the country to, to do mighty works for his kingdom. And he promises he's faithful. He will build his church. Man, let's be a part of that. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much for, for God, just who you are. God, I thank you for salvation. Um, Lord, I thank you for, for just, Lord, your new sons in the kingdom of God. Um, Lord, I pray that you, you'd be with them, God, that you'd put people around them to help them as they walk with the Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every person in this room, God, that people would not come in here and hear this message and walk out the same. God, that they would hear your word saying, go, go. Go, as you go, build relationships in your everyday life. Embrace the mission of God because it just so happens that you've put somebody, one person around them, whether it be at their job, their hobby, on their kids' sport team, wherever it is, God, you put one family, one person 
around them because it's, it's who you want them to reach, God. So I pray that you would put a yearning, you'd light a fire in their life to reach out to that person, God, and they could not sleep at night if they didn't reach out with them. Lord, that's the kind of heart we want. That's the kind of conviction we want as a church. We want you, God. We need your help. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen.